Hey, welcome back. We are glad you're here. Don't touch that dial. You are in the right place if you're looking for inspiration, motivation, encouragement. Uh, we have it for you here at Last in Line Podcast, where we are teaching guys how to not only charge the mountain and be the tip of the spear in leadership, but also to be the kickstand that props people up and empowers and encourages other leaders to be the best version of the leader within them. We are all leaders. We all have influence. And as it says in Mark 9:35, he who wants to be first will be the last of all and servant of all. That's what Last in Line podcast is about. And I hope you walk away different than when you turned on this podcast. I hope you walk away with the revelation that you were called to lead, that you were called to have influence, and that you were called to serve. Hey, I want to welcome to the stage here at Last in Line Podcast, the one and only Riley Meek with the King's Council. He has created King's Council Community. He has created coaching courses. He uh, helps entrepreneurs um, discover some of the things uh, about their business that maybe they have not been able to quite get a grip on. He has shown them uh, the five power pillars that are necessary in not only running a business, but being in a good relationship, healthy uh, in your own mind, healthy in your spirit, your body, uh, and how that translates from not only business, but relationships in all areas of life. And so Riley talks a lot about his faith journey, about his background, how he discovered that he was an entrepreneur at heart and some of the misconceptions about definitions that we talk about, entrepreneurship, uh, something about passion that you might be scratching your head about, but actually it makes sense whenever he explains it. We talk a lot about his businesses, how he's transformed certain businesses from you know five or six digits to seven, eight, nine figure companies. And uh, so just he's got a real eye for how to multiply, how to grow, how to be lucrative, how to be prosperous. He uh, actually uh, debunks a lot of the myths that are out there about Christianity and how we're not necessarily called to be broke and broken and his thoughts about church as well. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast with the King's Council, Riley Meek. Well, new friend of mine as of about uh, seven days ago, Mr. Riley Meek. Welcome to Last in Line Podcast. What's up, John? Happy to be here, man. Yeah, man. How's it going? Uh, you're rocking Great. and rolling there with your uh, King's Council uh, coaching and then your podcast. So how's it work? How's it going? How's the week so far? Man, this has been a busy week. It's only Wednesday. Day, what uh, we're recording on this thing, man, but it yeah. has been a crazy like 10 days. I've been in uh, what three, four different states, uh, traveling a ton, but uh, amped to be here on this show, brother. That's so. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> man. Well, we're going to dive in, man. I love what you're doing, I love what you're about, and uh, it's refreshing to see a guy who's been successful in corporate America, like at a high level. And then now you're kind of paying it forward and showing guys how to do it and, and sure. customers and creating like a selling dynamic, uh, uh, sales models and different things like that in coaching. So first, before we get into like the, the meat of what you do, man, I'd like to get to know you maybe for the audience and just yeah. sort of your faith journey, corporate America, you know, your professional life, kind of how you got to this point really. Sure. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, first off, so I live in Minnesota now, uh, but grew up in South Dakota and uh, shout out to the four people in South Dakota that are listening <laughs> to this. Right. Um, <laughs> a great place to be from. There's just not a whole lot going on there anymore. And so I, I, you know, grew up in a town of like 900 people. And uh, as I, you know, started to, I got into high school and was like, man, I want to, I need to make money. I thought, okay, I'm going to just get a job. Certainly, I didn't really grow up in the church, uh, uh, but everybody in South Dakota is a Christian, right? Like, that's just like what Bible what, belt what? or what? Yeah. Not, I mean, it's not really <laughs> the Bible belt, but it's like, you know, I mean, there's just, there's, that just is what it is, right? It's yeah, like there's yeah. the church and then right across the street's the bar. And like, that's just the way of life there. And, and um, I didn't really know any different. And it was just the, again, the way of life that I lived, but um, I, 
I, when I turned 15, I thought, okay, now I'm going to make some money. I need to get a job. I want to get a car. Uh, and the only job really that was available was, was at the, the local gas station. It was making pizzas and uh, minimum wage at that time, man, was $5 and 15 cents an hour. So this had been back in like what, 2001, maybe something like that. And uh, yeah, 2000, 2001. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I worked an eight hour shift, uh, did the math in my head and thought, there's no way I'm doing that again. And, no. and I, my first day on the job was really my last. Um, and also just kind of through that, uh, that summer, um, I was kind of a train wreck of just living, living life. I was drinking a ton, just doing a lot of dumb things. And I ended up having to get myself just out of that environment, moved up here to the twin cities for about six weeks, Sh really shifted the environment that I was in, which radically changed my life forever, man. And, and, um, I just want to put that out there that the, the environment that we put ourselves in can and will transform you one way or the other. Uh, and so it's just so important that, that we're able, we're surrounding ourselves with that, that right community that's able to pull that greatness out of each and every one of us. Cause there's hundred percent greatness inside of us. Greatness is who created us. Uh, the, the only differentiator between some, some people and others is that the, the determinant of what that, if that seed is ever going to actually take root Right. Mm -hmm. If we've got that mm -hmm. seed of greatness, the determinant of if that seed's ever going to take root is what we surround it with. Mm -hmm. Right. Is it good soil? Are we watering it? Is there nutrition? Is there sunlight? Is is it we're actually like nurturing that seed so it can take root to ultimately bear fruit mm -hmm. in our lives? And I'm, I'm a prime example of that, man, from from the, the situation that I was into, you know, where I, I intentionally had to put myself um, not, not on my own efforts, but just by other people guiding me, directing me, seeking out mentorship and coaching. And ultimately, you know, I'm fast forward 22 years. I just turned 37, man. Um, I'm up here in, in the twin cities. And, and as you mentioned, um, not a whole, not necessarily corporate America, but I started my entrepreneur journey and I've started eight different companies. Uh, every single one of those we've hit seven and, and a couple of those, we hit eight figures within the first year of each. We've done nine figures in revenue over the last decade, which has afforded me the ability to really do what I love to do now, which is, is pouring back into, uh, people, you know, men specifically and really, uh, you know, pull out that greatness or that, that those leadership skills, uh, and really disciple people through that process, uh, really for, for entrepreneurs, kingdom entrepreneurs. And, and that's essentially what we're doing, man, with the yeah. King's council. No, that's awesome. And, uh, so your faith journey, like when you moved to Minnesota, you met somebody there or you just kind of got in the right circles, but talk us through, cause you obviously, I mean, assuming by what you told me when, before you moved, you were doing a lot of things you probably shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. When did you start and how did that come to be that you started pursuing this, this Jesus person? Yeah. So it was really that, that summer when I was, I was 15 um, and I'd moved up here to Minnesota and was like, it's the first time I was actually introduced to what a true relationship with Christ was like. And I didn't realize that, that you know, I just thought every Christian that I know and was either broke, broken or defeated. And I was like, I don't want any of that crap. Like, why yeah. would I, why would I want that? You're telling me I should like pursue that for the rest of my life. Like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I think is just, you know, unfortunate within the church within, you know, just society yeah. today is the perception that Christianity puts off based upon a few, what I believe are very uh, misinterpreted handful of scriptures that, that people just take and run with. And, and the enemy's done a good job at, at, at you know, blinding us, uh, yeah. within the, that, that actually read the Bible and, and the word of God. And so when I got around somebody at that age of 15, that, ex, that introduced this concept of like a relationship, my life was radically changed, man. I'd given my life to Christ. Then I just turned 16 and, um, and there was just something different, right? It's like, I now I had to go back to the environment that I was in, but I was different. I was no longer partaking in, and the parties and, and, you know, doing the things that I, that I once was known for. Right. And I'd lost, I lost a 
basically every one of my friends, mm-hmm. you know, at that time, uh, full well realizing that they weren't necessarily my friends, right? If, if that was the case. Um, so I w- it wasn't a, like an easy journey uh, by any means, but it was well worth it through that process. And, and then moving up here, by the time I graduated high school, I, I was 17 and I moved up to the Twin Cities literally the day I graduated and was just seeking connection again and got connected with the group here in Minnesota um, at the little community college that I went to called Inner Varsity Christian Fellowship, which is amazing, guys. Some of the most incredible times of just community and, and brotherhood, call it, mm-hmm. in my life. But fast forward, then, you know, a couple of years of that was great. Now I'm out in the real world. I'm, I'm, I'm making money, I'm building businesses. And, and that's where my life took a a total, you know, 90 degree turn, um, really based upon again, who I was putting in my life, who I was intentionally being around thinking that I'm good. I got it. I'm in control. I'm the thermostat. I'm not the thermometer. Right. And it full well realized that I wasn't. And, and I found myself doing a back, doing a lot of stupid things. Um, and again, thank God that he never took his hand off of me, man. Um, but allowed me to grow through that process. Um, and hopefully now again, teaching people, uh, some of the mistakes that I had made and discipling them through that process. So they don't make the same ones. Yeah. I mean, I think we all are on this, this ride of progressive sanctification. And I think we're all on this progress versus perfection. And, and it is, it is a, it is about soil. I'm, I'm glad you said that, man. I, I had never really heard anybody hone in on that, even though we all mm-hmm. know those scriptures, but that's a great observation that it's all about the soil. You could be in the right environment even, but if you're not ready and your heart's not in posture, right posture, like some of that's going to die and wither and bounce off of you. And, you know, so sounds like you were hungry for something. Did you, uh, growing up, like, did you have some mentors, maybe not in the faith necessarily, but who were some of your heroes growing up? Yeah, man. So again, I didn't really understand what that even meant until 15, 16, yeah. when I was introduced to really personal development. I, like when I was 15, I found myself, I would drive up to Minnesota one, one weekend a month, five hours, one way to attend what was called a success training seminar at that time. And that was my first introduction of like, wow, I don't actually have to think the way everybody else thinks, right. I can think creatively. I can think outside of the box. And, you know, I was introduced to, uh, like from a sales standpoint, Zig Ziglar, right. Mm -hmm. Or just from a philosophy standpoint, like, uh, Norman Vincent Peale and Augmandino and just like the OGs of personal development. (laughs) And it rocked me. I was like, what the dirt, like, this is incredible. So I wouldn't say that I had a, a personal mentor, but I seeked, out wisdom from a lot of resources that were available, you know, way back in the day when we had to listen to like yeah. CDs, right? Yeah. Didn't. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But it I'm was, even, just, I even go way back further than that. You might not, but the old cassette tapes, you know, right? So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so, okay. I mean, did you play sports? Uh, did you, did you, were you an athlete? Were you athletic? Yeah. I mean, you look fairly athletic. So, I mean, did you have anybody that you kind of looked up to, um, well, just from maybe a st- secular standpoint, even just kind of some of those heroes that kids see growing up. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So my, um, in South Dakota, first off, if you can, you know, run or have any sort of, uh, athletic ability, you're going to, you're going to do all right. Right. There's not a whole lot of competition. So I certainly, I grew up, you know, basketball, football, baseball, uh, that, you know, anything with the ball I loved. Um, but you know, I wasn't really going to go above and beyond that. Heck I'm barely five, eight, bro. So it's like, yeah, I did what I could, but I still, the competition, I think from an, you know, I, I, from an entrepreneur standpoint, most entrepreneurs were, were competitive, right? So whatever you're going to throw at me, I'm going to do my best at it. Uh, and, and that's what I did. So I loved, I love sports. My dad was a big Packers fan growing up and it's interesting. Now I live in Minnesota, Mm. Um, and I, but I grew up in South Dakota. So we like skipped over a state and my dad was like a diehard Packers fan. And I joke now that there's a reason actually why South Dakota doesn't have a professional football team. You know why that is, man? What? What's up? Because then Minnesota would want one too. 
Whoa. I was going to okay. say, you said gonna, a curse word when you said Packers, but right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of Viking haters on me now, but, um, but so I, I grew up a Packers fan. I love Brett Favre. I just loved his, his grit, his yeah. like the guy just, he just like, didn't care. Like, I remember one, one, Saturday morning or Sunday morning, I think I was listening to him on our interview and he was like, he was talking about his, you know, his thumb that was always hurting him back. And he's like, it's mind over matter, man. If I don't mind, it don't matter. Wow. And I was like, that's some mental toughness. I, I love that. And you know, that is something that I've kind of tucked in the, yeah. in the back of my head. And, and so while I've never met him in person uh, yet, I, I, I did love, uh, you know, watching Brett sling that football. Um, half the time to the other teams, but uh, it was still good. <laughs> Bro, he, I mean, hey, on I guess on paper he didn't seem like, and other than how hard he threw the ball, you just wouldn't think he's this prototypical Hall of right. Famer. But but the grit that you mentioned, I think, just the heart of refusing to lose. You know, if you yeah. asked him right now, I bet he would say he hated to lose more than he liked to win. So sometimes that matters. Uh, so you mentioned the success deal you kept, you drove five hours for that must've been, they must've mm. had some really good donuts up there or something. <laughs> yeah, that far. Right? But uh, talk about this, this dichotomy that we sometimes get tricked into thinking that it is, which I don't believe it is, but success and significance. Tell us about your take on that maybe. And, and I think you can have one, I think you have to have one before you have the other, if you do it right. But tell me what your, your opinion is on those two words and can you, yeah. I mean, obviously you can have both, but which to you matters most if, if you even could pick one? Oh man, I think we'd have to define what success actually means because I think that means a lot of things to different people. What's right? it mean so, to you? Yeah. 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 So, and here's, here's why I even say that, man, because I, I realized that I could be successful at a lot of things. And I'm, I'm doing air quotes. Right. If, if you aren't watching on, on video here, yeah. I can be successful at a lot of things and still feel like a failure. And yeah. I believe we, we can all do that Good. if we are not operating for the God given intended purpose of why we were created. Yeah. Right. I, I, I've got a home gym here, man. And I have a treadmill in there. That is an, it's incredibly successful at hanging my clothes on, right? It's incredibly successful, but it's not operating for the, the given purpose of why it was created. No. The manufacturer of that thing had an intended purpose for, for it to do something. And I purchased it and I'm not doing it. Like I don't run. I, I freaking actually hate the treadmill, Same. but I thought I bought, I'd buy one and I'd do it. And it turns out that ain't true. Right. So yeah. it's still hanging my clothes. Now, is it successful? I don't know. It's successful for what I'd intended it to do. Right. But not for the, the creator. Right. So at us as human beings, why I think we can be successful from the, another person's viewpoint of success, right. Back in a, even a few years ago, man, I felt like just such a feeling, a deep down, just a terrible feeling of unfulfillment. Right. And from the outside looking in, and I had people tell me this many times, like, must be nice. Oh, you've got, you know, got it all going on. Must be nice. And and little did they know, like, no, it sucks. Like my, my life was terrible at, at the time. I hated it because of this feeling of unfulfillment. And that's when I realized I, while I could be what other people thought successful, you can still feel like a failure if you're not operating for that purpose, the intended purpose of why you were created. And so until we find that you will always feel unsuccessful. You will always feel like a failure to some extent. Now you may have windfalls of like, oh, that was great. Or I, 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 you know, won a championship or I, I made my first million or whatever that is, but you wake up the next day and you're like, now, is that, is that it? Like, is yeah. now what? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that's where I went from one company, bam, seven figures, the next company, seven figures, next company, eight figures, next company, seven figures. And it was like, why did I continue to start these? It was the thrill of the hunt for me. Like, number one, I love that. Right. Mm -hmm. Even like chasing girls, it's, it's like, it's the thrill of the hunt that used to get me excited. It wasn't like to close the deal. It was sure. the thrill, right. So know that sure. you can, but then you, you'd wake up and you'd feeling, just feel like an incredible failure or just unfulfilled because it, I was seeking the, the, the thrill of it, not seeking the intended purpose of, of why I was created. Yeah. So when you have that and that success and that significance, as you mentioned, can actually line up, man, dude, that's, that's when I think 
things come into alignment and and now the the feeling of the the contentness let's call it that i think there's still always going to be a healthy dissatisfaction in our lives until we meet our creator which i yeah. think is healthy but there's a content that 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 peace that transcends all understanding can still reside within us if we understand that that purpose yeah. that and and that to me man is success yeah and it's so does that answer yeah, the question? That's good. To, no, that's eh? good, man. Because as you're talking, it kind of came and I didn't really plan it, but I want to get your take on sort of my spin on it because I, I agree a hundred percent. You got to know what success looks like, but I think where the rubber meets the road and where significance kind of parlays into that is when what we're doing that is successful impacts somebody else. Sure. So I, I run a marathon. I was successful, but to the world, what did that matter? Like who benefited from me other than I achieved a goal? Okay. So then success, like building a company, like you did those services or whatever that product provided for other people, you were doing some sort of good, the work you're doing now, you're successful, but you're also significant because somebody's getting better because of you. So I think to me, my opinion, and it's probably not defined that way, but I think you can't have success to me, or you can't have significance uh, apart from that, but I think, you know, uh, I think success by itself is a little bit empty. I think it's, it's, it's half full, you know, if you're not pouring into somebody else. And so I don't know if you, you wanted to add to that, but I think that's where significance comes in. Most definitely, man. And I think that is a, a internal, just hunger that we're all going to have because i mean we were created for relationship to, in some fashion number one with our creator and i think in some to some extent we all we seek that relationship in other people ultimately in other things uh but once we've again come into that alignment and determine like okay this is what my gifting is this is what i what i'm i'm good at the God given talents and abilities that I have. Now I can be excellent at that and be, you know, success. Now mm -hmm. I can actually teach that I can actually pour into somebody else. And, and that's where that significance certainly comes into play, man, because yeah. that's, that's just what, I mean, that's, that's what I believe really is the body of Christ is about. Mm -hmm. It's like, we all have different giftings, talents, and abilities and how we can, you know, we have a little saying, like, if you want to go fast, it's easy to go alone, but if you want to go far, you got to go together and you got to be bringing others alongside of you, locking arms with you to fulfill that, that mission, vision, and, and purpose for your life. Yeah. That's so good, man. That's so good. And, and being an entrepreneur at heart, I just wonder, A, did you grow up and, and were you kind of a long line of entrepreneurs in your life? Like, did your, is your lineage bent that way or did you just something you had to learn? And, and my other question, I guess, to that is, can that be taught? Is entrepreneurship just in people or is it something I can read a book or listen to one of your ser uh, sermons? I almost said sermon, <clears throat> one of your messages or classes and just become an entrepreneur. Like talk to me yeah. about entrepreneurship and just how was that innate in you or did you learn it? Yeah, man. Well, let's define entrepreneurship again, because I really believe a lot of people have a skewed thought of yeah. what that is. Mm -hmm. So it's like, uh, here's what it's not. Okay. I, I don't, entrepreneurship doesn't mean that you own your own business. It doesn't mean that you're a, you know, a CEO of a fortune 500 company. Entrepreneurship is a mindset that the root word of entrepreneur, entrepreneur, that root word is a French word which I always struggle saying this, but it's like entreprendre, right? Okay. And entreprendre. And what that means is to undertake. So if you're an entrepreneur, your mindset is that I'm an undertaker, right? And mm -hmm. I don't care what the thing that I'm doing is, I'm, an, I'm undertaking this task at hand. And I truly wholeheartedly believe we are all born entrepreneurs. We are born with this understanding, this mindset that we're going to undertake this thing called life. Like, right. Mm -hmm. Like, cause we're on, it, it's a task to, to be alive today. Like we're going to undertake this thing mm -hmm. at, from an entrepreneurial mindset. What I believe has happened, you know, this age that we live in now over the last 150 years mm -hmm. is we have been indoctrinated and taught not to think this way. We've been taught, we're born entrepreneurs and we're taught to be, I'm going to just do a, a common comparison is entrepreneur and employee mindset right now. If you're an employee, amazing there, I'm not, I'm not saying this negatively 
no different than I'm saying entrepreneur, like positively, they're just, they are what they are, right? An entrepreneur is an undertaker. An employee mindset is I'm just going to do what I'm told to do for, for my job. Okay. Now I have employees, but I teach them to operate as an entrepreneur. They're, like they own their business. They own their tasks and everything at hand, even though I may be paying them an hourly wage. That's not what I'm talking about is I want it's the, it's how they are going to pursue or take on any task that they have. Are they coming at it from that mindset? And what we've been taught through the school system, you know, over the last 150 years is to not think that way. Yeah. Right. In 1913, man, actually in 1913, the, the amount of entrepreneurs, so business owners, okay, we'll call it that because I defined it differently. So the amount of people that owned their business in 1913 was 97% of Americans. Okay. And so 3% of the people were actually employees worked wow. for somebody else. Today, it's completely flip-flopped. Yeah. Only 3% of Americans actually own their own business. And partly it's because industrial revolution, they needed yeah. to create people to just work, you know, mindless jobs, do what I tell you to do. Uh, you know, even this, the school system today, think about this, the school system today where we send our kids was developed to produce employees. It wasn't developed to produce entrepreneurs. It wasn't to think outside the box creatively. And, and I mean, I could go on and on about this. I know it's not yeah, the point oh, of this yeah. podcast, no, but this is what, I, what gets me is that people just accept this. They think that's the norm. Like you're supposed to go to school. You're supposed to go to college, go $200,000 in debt. Although it's, right. you know, might get taken care of now, according to the right. Biden administration. Good right. God. Um, right. A whole nother <laughs> podcast there, but, um, <laughs> um, but it's like, it, we're, we're not taught to think, for ourselves, right? right? To audit our thoughts. And at the age of 15, back to then, like, that's when I was first like, oh, you mean that I can actually think about the things that I'm thinking about? I'm not just, I don't have to be told like, well, why do we do that? Well, it's because we do it, right? Like right. It, I read this story of this generation after generation after generation of this family that kept cutting at Thanksgiving time, they would always make a ham and they kept cutting off about a quarter of the ham. And then they would bake it like the whole butt side of this ham, they would remove and like four generations passed and they kept doing it. And finally someone asked, why are you guys doing that? And it went to the next one to the next one to the, finally the great grandma was like, Oh, well we had to cut it that way because that's what fit in the pan at the yeah. time. Right. It was like, what the frick? Like, this is still just Waste continuing. Yeah. Yeah. Because of mindsets that people have developed and, and, and just accepted. We, uh, we are unsolicited. Unfortunately, we are the, the product of our environment and other people's environments that we've grown up to our parents, the culture, things that we put ourselves into, we just become that. Right. And this is why I, I challenge people to just think about it. Like think for yourself, number one, yeah. like, and then ultimately teach your kids how to think for themselves, you know, from a generational standpoint, like be the significance in your life. Yeah. So your child or the next generation can be significant for their life, but it starts yeah. with us or anybody else that's listening to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. And, and I almost, I wonder, uh, you know, if we, if we got this concept of stewardship, down in our DNA, if we got a hold of that and truly understood what that was, I think more of the entrepreneur would come out in all of us because mm -hmm. it is kind of claiming that skin in the game, even though your name may not be on the sign out front, right? You yeah. said it earlier, take ownership, and that's what you're trying to instill in your employees. But I, I'm with you. I, I'm one of the people that thought, you know, if I'm not an if I'm an entrepreneur, I own my own business, or you know, I provide a service or a, or a product that has my name on it. You know, I think that's the, that might be the misconception out there, but um, which is why a lot of people kind of talk themselves out of entrepreneurship. Well, that's not yeah. me. You know, I don't have the capital to start a business. I don't have this. I don't have that. I, I mean, I think you put a different spin on that. So how, how long have you been doing King's council? When was that born? Man, it was really birthed out of 2020. Okay. Uh, and it was, you know, that I mentioned that just that terrible feeling of unfulfillment in my life mm -hmm. was, it was fall of 2019 and we just moved into this house. We live in a, you know, pretty nice home on a lake here. And it was just like sitting down on the couch one night, I just looked over at my wife and was like, this is it. Like, this is what, you know, we were 34. 
four at the time, like there's gotta be more to life than this. And I was a part of a number of different, you know, men, um, uh, masterminds, business groups, things like that. And I still had that conception or idea of like the church wasn't really a place that I was going to go, that I wanted to be around. It just wasn't like, I still looked and I was like broke, broken and defeated. There was either like that mentality or there was like, you know, buy my prayer cloth and you're going to be blessed. Like both whacked in my opinion, right? Like there's prosperity and there's poverty. And I just wanted the gospel. Like I read both when I read the word of God and it's like, why are people taking this and running with it and taking this and running with it yet, yet claiming that it's, that you got to read the entire word of God. Like you don't just get to cherry pick things based upon your agenda, which is what we see in society all over today. But, but that was my heart. I'm like, I, that's what I wanted from a business standpoint. And from, you know, I, I think God has given me the ability to, to create wealth and to, to, to generate ideas and new strategies in the marketplace. Uh, but I wanted to use it for good. Like, I, and, and I thought, man, there's gotta be something for this. Bam. 2020 March, 2020 happens. My life is freaking radically changed because a lot of our, what I've had done over the last decade was seminars. Okay. So filling rooms, close proximity of people yeah. in a restaurant all throughout the country. And so that Monday, when they announced that all the restaurants were closed down, bro, that week I had over, I had, I had a 111 dinner seminars that we had to cancel that week alone, over $300,000 in marketing that I'd already p- paid out that I was you wow. know, waiting to receive a, a, get a return on. And so it, it allowed me, but as an entrepreneur, like it's okay, this is what it is. I'm going to control what I can control and head on a swivel was just like looking for opportunities, but full well during that time, like watch, listening to the media, like getting consumed by the negative crap yep. going on, it, yep. which is still going on in, in our, in this country. Uh, we live in an amazing country. Don't get me wrong, but right. leadership is there's whack right broken, now. Yeah, so yes. Broken. Uh, so, um, so that being said, I, I looked down at my daughter who was eight at the time. And I thought, man, I cannot leave this earth to her the way that it is. But as quick as I had that thought, I was like, but what the heck am I going to do? I'm just one guy. Absolutely. What am I going to do? And as quick as that thought came in my brain that the next one followed it. And, and I just heard God say, if not you, then who? And it was that, like that call to arms. Then I was just like, all right. So, okay, what do I do? And so I'm a firm believer that action brings clarity. So while I didn't really know what the heck I was doing, I just started to kind of raise my hand and be like, does anybody else feel like this? Does anybody else have this thought? Just want this. And we, we did an online challenge. We called it the win big in business challenge. Uh, and it got a number of people that were like, yeah, that, yeah, I'm about that. I, yes. I want to, I want, I feel like I can create wealth. I should, I've been given that calling. I'm about the kingdom. And, and that's just when this started to kind of all happen, come into place fall of 2020 then. And then in 2021 is when we officially really launched what's known as the King's Council, um, which is a community of, of kingdom entrepreneurs, right? That's, and that's what we are. It's actually, we're a ministry. Uh, it started out as a coaching company, but we're a nonprofit ministry now to come alongside and be really just a community of for kingdom entrepreneurs to disciple kingdom entrepreneurs to, you know, just operate in excellence, right. And, and everything that they do and, and not feel shunned by the church. Right. And, and really we, we come alongside churches and, and organizations to act as an extension of their ministry because we're, we're a little different, right. We may not think the way that some people think, yeah. and but we still want to operate in our giftings. And, and if we've been given that ability to create wealth, Deuteronomy 8.18 says that it's God that gives us that ability. Therefore, we should be excellent at it. And, and that's really what our philosophy is, is within the King's Council is to operate in excellence. And, um, and but, but keeping Christ at the center of absolutely everything that we do. Yeah. And, and I was just going to, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you if you, you had a scripture that you stand on, that's kind of your hallmark for the business. And, and it sounds like you do. Uh, did, so, uh, you know, you're a couple years in, I, I guess, 
you have quite a track record, obviously, leading up to starting this ministry. Um, so you had a following, or at least you had some credibility. At what point did you think, and what allowed you to think, or what caused you to think, man, you know, people will pay for my wisdom, my knowledge, my experience. Like everybody, I think yeah. everybody, a lot of people have an experience, have a track record, have a resume, right? And then it's kind of that, well, why would they pay me to tell them how I've been successful? Like, what about you kind of went off in you that was like, I have something unique. My skill set's different. I think people sure. are hungry for this. What What was that? And how did that look? Yeah. I mean, I think I still even struggle with that a little bit, man, because I've oftentimes, I've struggled with this idea of, of having a coach because mm-hmm. I, I've, I've always, first off, what I've done is I've, I've looked for the fruit in other people's life that I wanted. If I saw something that I wanted, yeah. like some of the fruit in somebody else's life, I did whatever it took just to go be around them. Cause I knew, I realized like they got something that I want. So I'm either, I'm going to have to pay money to be around them or I'm going to serve, you know, whatever I can do to, to be around them, to understand and gain some wisdom, glean from them. And, uh, the, the my struggle with that was life coaching and all this stuff started like blew up and it's like, Oh, okay. Those who can't always want to teach. Right. And, and I'm never going to take advice from somebody that hasn't gone before me. Like I may take, I may take advice, but I'm taking that like probably knowing what not to do. Right. Like I'm never going to hire a personal trainer that's overweight. I'm never going to hire a financial advisor that, that isn't properly stewarding their own finances or hasn't earned more than hundred grand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right? It's like, that just is nonsense to me, but there's plenty of people out there that would love to give you their opinion on things. Meanwhile, their life's in shambles. And so I'm always, I've always been like, y'all are a bunch of bogus, (laughs) you know, it's just like, but, but partly why I've always, I did a lot of consulting prior to this kind of coaching world. And I, I love, and there's definitely a difference, right? Consulting from a business standpoint, it's like, we're, we're talking about strategies um, and implementing and kind of locking arms and, and walking this, this road together versus coaching. It's kind of like, well, have you thought of this? Like, have you, you know, they're not actually playing the game. I want to play the game. Right. So I think there's, yeah. there's a, a, a big difference between the two. And so I really think the King's council is kind of more of a mold of that, of our, of our coaching side of it. We're going to call it because the King's council, we do, we do uh, growth calls every Monday, our community, it's all free, right? There's tremendous content in, and tremendous community within the, the King's council, um, that we don't charge anything for. Now we do have those that if they want more one-on-one strategy calls where they're starting a business, they want to go from employed to deployed, or they're scaling their business, they need funding, whatever that is, they then join what we call the upper room mastermind. And that, that is our group where we really come together every single month. And we, the concept of iron sharpening iron, that's where we really dive into their business personally, and then how we can support uh, each other to really grow what, what we call the kingdom economy. Um, and, and so there, there's two different kind of layers of this. Yeah. There's our, our ministry side, uh, which is great. The, you know, our, the King's Council podcast, things like that. But then there's the coaching side, which is more of a cross between coaching and consulting, if we can call it that. Because I, again, I'm never going to back to even just this understanding concept of the body of Christ. Like I am not an expert in most things. Right. So, but I'll help you with what I know I'm really good at. Right. But what I, what we've done then is we've locked arms with some other incredible people on branding and, and real estate and, and uh, crypto, whatever it is, like we have the the most excellent of excellent people within the community that I don't know, but I, I don't, I'm a resource is what I am. I don't, I don't necessarily know the answer, but I can at least get you to the person that knows the answer. And that's what I really believe we're called to do as, as the body of Christ is, is all be excellent in our gifting lock arms with each other. And then we can advance the kingdom by doing so. So uh, long answer to your question, man. (laughs) Well, and, and I guess, um, no, you did answer it and, and I appreciate it because, you know, it, it does deserve probably a lot of context built around that answer. Um, Mm -hmm. I do, I do wonder what you consider to be kind of your wheelhouse skill set, Like, 
you know, if somebody were to come to you and be like, dude, whatever you're best at, teach me. So what, yeah. what is that? Just turning, you know, turning five bucks into 5 million. Is it creating mm -hmm. people that know how to build relationships and community? What, what is your biggest kind of wheelhouse skill? Yeah, I would say it, it from a sales and marketing standpoint, that's, that's really what it is. Uh, from, uh, taking an idea or concept to, okay, I, I think I have a business, but I would challenge you like, Hey, if you don't have a customer, let alone many customers, you don't have a business, right? You can have a great idea, right. you can have the greatest product, greatest service in the world. But if you aren't selling it and receiving funds for it, right. you don't have a business. And so, because if you build it, they do not come. I don't care what that movie has, has told us. It ain't true. You got to have a, a consistent flow of leads and sales into your business to create revenue. And, and that's, I would say what, what, what my skill set is been, or what's been developed over the last decade, decade is new client acquisition. Um, and it isn't like fulfillment. I've got amazing people on our team that can implement systems and processes. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested in, in new client acquisition to grow. So we can then ultimately multiply or scale that business. Uh, yeah. and, and I would say that would be my area of expertise and what we've done with the social dynamic selling system. Um, and, and really, cause that's, that's what business is. Like it, it, you can be an inventor, you can be an artist, but if nobody's buying your stuff, stuff, you don't have a business, you've got a hobby, right? And you're yeah. going to go broke real quick. Right. And, and, and just on that note, man, what I just feel so wholeheartedly is people coming into business. Most people, first off, we're in America here. We're so blessed to even live in this country that we have the ability. I don't care what your race is. I don't care what your religion is, what your, if you're male, female, giraffe, gorilla, whatever you identify as, you have just as much opportunity as everybody else. So you can either look for opportunities or you can look for excuses, right? Yeah. And, and we, we teach like, I'm going to look for an opportunity in the risk. I'm not going to look for any sort of risk in the opportunity. And most people are going to tell you that, oh, just find what you're good at, find what you're passionate about, do that. And you'll never work a day in your life. I'm telling you that's complete BS. It is. I, I've most of the things that I've sold and made money off of millions of dollars. I don't give a rip about. I do okay. not care about them. Okay. And this is where I, I will probably, you know, bunk bunk heads with a lot of people. And now it's not that those products were all incredible products, right? Yeah. But, you know, we uh, we're in the solar industry. Solar is amazing. It helps thousands of people, millions of people. I don't care about solar, right? right. It's, it's, I, I have a, a walk-in bathtub company. They're incredible products, right? They're, they're bathtubs yeah. that people can walk into incredible products. Do you think I get excited about that at all? No, yeah. but I know yeah. that I'm helping somebody. I'm providing a, a tremendous value. I'm providing a tremendous service to somebody. I'm helping. I'm, I've identified right. a need. Now I, I have to figure out why they want it and I can match those two. And then I get paid very, very well for that. Yeah. And that's what business is. So you don't have to be passionate about what that is look for opportunities, but always bring your passion with you. Then I will tell you that, that, that as you, you've prepared yourself in that manner, now you can be prepared for opportunity because opportunity comes to those that are prepared, not for those that are even looking or seeking. It's, are you prepared to take advantage of those opportunities when they come your way? That's what entrepreneurship and having that continual mindset is like. Um, and that's, I, I don't know why I just wanted to really get that out there, but it is just like, so many people are struggling financially and, and they're become the victim in a situation. It's like, just mm -hmm. look up, like change your mindset. If you want to change anything in your lineage, if you want to be the significant person, but if the look at the, the name on your Jersey right now, if you want to be the change in your family and your culture, it starts with you, but it starts with your mindset and you got to get out of your freaking environment that you're probably in right now and take yeah. action. Action brings clarity in every single situation. Even if it's the wrong action, at least you found out quicker so you can adjust and take another action on the right decision. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good, man. Cause I think a lot of people get discouraged and quit because they're, they're bought into this concept that you said, 
where passion, if you know, if you're doing something passionate about, you'll never work a day in your life. And people are disappointed because that's not always true. And they're like, I bought that, you know, hook, line and sinker. And now I must be a failure and, or I must not really be passionate about it. I suck at this. So I quit. You're, I mean, that's a great way to kind of demystify that, that whole myth that we're that we're falling for sometimes not that you don't have passion for some of it but you know it sounds like to me your passion is included with that but not limited to your passion is finding somebody that needs you like the ideal service you can provide for somebody and i you know um i guess what is give us a little peek i don't know if if the five power pillars are like a proprietary thing where we got to write you a check before you share that with us? Or can you give us a sneak peek on a couple of them? Your, your two favorite or how does that work? What are those power pillars? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, first off, definitely not, uh, anything that I've, you know, I don't, heck I read a book the other day and I, I saw, they didn't call them the power pillars, but they listed mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and financially. Like we got to operate in excellence. I was like, Dang, that book was written like 1980. So I owe them money apparently, but, but that's, that's really what it, what it is. It's our mental health, our physical health, emotional health, our spiritual health, our financial health. Right. And, and why we, we talk so heavily on these within the King's council is because if we treat our, just note everything like a business owner. If you think of a CEO of a company, they're operating their company and there's different departments of the company, right? There's sales, there's marketing, there's HR fulfillment, whatever it is. If, so let me ask you, John, if, if, if I own a company and I, the sales arm is they're crushing it. Sales are coming in like crazy, but nothing, none of the orders are getting fulfilled. Who struggles? Yeah. The whole company, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or if sales aren't coming in, Pull through. yeah. But Absolutely. but fulfillment's like we're crushed. We're good. We we get one order a day. We crush it. Right. But the whole company is <laughs> still struggling. Right. So it's 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 a a harmonious atmosphere that we have to live in. So think of your your relationship with your spouse. Even it's like mentally, if I'm not in the game for her when I get home because I, I'm wiped out it was just so much that emotionally I can't even come to the the table with like anything to give because it's been such a stressful day at work. Um, but, but then also because of that, I'm not working out. So physically I'm becoming a fat, you know, crap, <laughs> like, yeah. like, it, but then also that that's affecting spiritually everything uh, that I have. Right. So it's like everything feeds into the other and there's no such thing as a work-life balance. I'm right. telling you, man, most people talk about this, like you got to have balance in your life. And like, no, you don't. You balance simply means that one thing is, is, is sacrificing to fulfill the other thing, right? If think of a teeter totter, if one end is up, that means one ends down. There, there's, there's not this balance in life. It's harmony in everything. If you can be operating, get off the, the chess board and start to play the game of chess, operating those pieces, knowing that, man, when I get up, I have a morning routine and I get in the word of God uh, that helps me spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Now that I'm actually primed, I can get a workout. And so physically I'm good to go. And, and then I'm, I crush financially. So then I, I've still come home and I'm able to actually provide the needs to my family and my kids. All of that, man, is just from this mindset of operating in excellence, put the habits, put the triggers in place to instill the habits that you need to operate in excellence in every one of those areas and then have the accountability to do it. Right. So like you got to have the people that are going to keep you in check in your life that aren't going to they're just going to accept your BS, right? Because most of us are full of excuses uh, and I'm preaching to the choir here, right? Where it was when I put people in, in my life that can call me out, that had the ability that I gave them that, that the, the okay to call me on my crap, that's when things started to level up in my life. So yeah. I would encourage anybody like get around that community, that like mindsetted community that wants what's best for you yeah. and likewise for them. And let me give you a free one here, uh, audience. It's not your spouse. Guys, your accountability person is not your spouse. That's just a free bonus part to that. So, um, man, I will tell you, I I love this conversation too. And I want to be respectful because I know, uh, you know, you're probably up against it pretty soon. Um, Man, what what do you, um, I guess, what's a common theme of clients you deal with uh, that, maybe they struggle the most with, or what is the biggest uh, opposition? Cause you're, you're ultimately, I would think when you come in, it may not be a grease fire, but it might be some situations in a business or, or a guy that's an entrepreneur that 
has some loose ends you might want to tie up or re, you know refine some processes so it's not always buttoned up perfectly but it's not always a dumpster fire so you mm-hmm. go in and and what would you say if you're trying to create maybe some new habits what's what's kind of a common theme of resistance that you hear from clients like is it a bunch of excuses is it well we just can't do that or is it wow we didn't think of it that way you know what I, does that make sense yeah, yeah. Definitely. So first off, when, how we create anything, and this could be a a relationship, this could be you, you're starting a business from scratch or you're in a business and you're just like, you're like I was three, four years ago where it's like, is this it? Like, is this like, things are okay. They're good, but they're not great. Right. How do we get them great? Or how do we clean up this freaking turmoil that we're living in right now? now, right? We're all in these different situations in our life. And believe it or not, the Bible has many blueprints, like God-given templates for us to operate off of. Like that is back to, you're never going to feel successful unless you're operating for the God-given intended purpose of why you were created. Think of our creator, like they're the, he's our owner. He's our manufacturer. No different than like that treadmill example that I'd get. There was a manufacturer and with everything that was, that come, that's, that's produced, there's always an operating manual. Yeah. Right. And in that operating manual, we we have one, it's called the Bible. Okay. And, and there are so many do's and don'ts throughout the Bible. Right. But there's so many blueprints. Like if you do this, this is what's going to happen, right? Yep. Like no different than an operating manual of your treadmill, or your hair dryer. Absolutely. Like don't produce a ro- around water, right? Like, okay, right. we got it. So the most, the easiest blueprint, man, I've got a book that's, that's in pub being published right now on the seven day blueprint. And this is a three-part series of a kingdom entrepreneur series that, that I'm, I'm publishing here, but most everything that we create comes down to this blueprint based upon the seven days of creation. And so uh, I'll run through these real quick before you, man, but then, and then I'll provide actually even a resource that people can get more information on this. So if you just, if you go to go to Genesis and you just read chapter one, read chapter one of Genesis and First off, God is, this is basically how God created everything that we see, right? So God is, is a creator. God was the first entrepreneur, right? He was like, I'm undertaking this task at hand. I'm creating everything that you guys see day one. First off, God spoke everything to an into existence. So the power of our words, we cannot take lightly, right? We speak life and death in, in, in anything that we do. So power of our words, day one, God said, let there be light, Okay. Most people think let like, okay, that must be the sun, right? Or the, what is light here? No, the sun, if, as we go through this, the sun and the moon weren't actually created until day four. So what the heck actually happened here when God said, let there be light? Cause whether you're a Christian or not, you've probably heard this before. It's like, what is that? Well, the Bible also tells us that God is light and, and, energy, the universe is expanding, is continually expanding at the speed of light right now. Science has confirmed this and that it's continually expanding. And what God did is he spoke us into an existence and he cast his vision for what he was going to create. So day one is vision. What is it that you're actually building? What are you even, why you, why'd you even start your business? Right. Or why do you even, why'd you even get it married in the first place? What is the vision? Was it just because somebody told you that's the thing to do, or you thought you wanted financial freedom. So it's like, well, I think I should start this business or I took it over from my parents or whatever the situation is. Let's get back to what's the, what's the vision that you have for your life. Okay. And this doesn't have to be some like, Oh, I just want peace on earth. Like bull crap. Give me like, what is it that you want? What is it that you really truly want and desire? Because once we have that, then we can go to day two where it says God separated the heavens from the earth. He created the expanse or what we, the, the word in the Bible that I never even heard of is the firmament. Right. And it's 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 the atmosphere. It's the culture that we're creating and we're putting ourselves in. Right. So in your business, what what's the culture like? Are your employees actually excited to show up for work or are they like uh, they hate their lives and they're only coming to punch the clock? Right. Or is an exciting environment? How about even your home life or your kids when they come home from school? Are they excited that they get to come home and see daddy and mommy? Or is it like this dreadful environment? 
right? <laughs> and it's, it's so culture, that's day two. Day three then is what I would consider structure. And this is where God separated. He peeled back the waters and essentially created land and vegetation. Now, it's amazing that what God actually did here, because in the order that he created this, because if he if he created anything out of order, nothing would have taken place right now, which is mind boggling to me. More of that in the book that I have coming out. But structure, it's like in your business, do you have a playbook? Do people know what their roles are, do they, what their job actually is? Is there, you have a business plan, but do you have a playbook on how things are going to operate? Like when a sale comes in, when, when, uh, an, when an order needs to be fulfilled or whatever the case is day four, yeah. then God, that's the day that God actually created what, what we would know as of time, right? He created order. So mm-hmm. the sun and the moon, he, he put the stars, he played them in the sky for us uh, f- for order. So essentially, am I, am I implementing the structure for my business? Because there's one thing to have a playbook. There's another thing to run the plays. Yeah. Are you running those plays? And then day five is when he created the, the, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea which is really what I would consider momentum into our life. Like, do I have the momentum? Is is one thing serving the other, right? It's amazing that God actually says that he created those two things because the birds actually eat the fish. And then when they digest it, the nitrogen that they're crapping into the water, and it actually is what fertilizes the plants and everything else that could actually create carbon take carbon dioxide into oxygen, one thing fed the other, right? And this is like operating and this is how we gain momentum in our lives and even in our business. And then uh, day six is when he actually created more mammals and then us as, as humans. And, and we were given this mandate, this to go forth, to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue the earth. And that's essentially, okay, in business, I, I've gained momentum. My things are going well. Now I can scale this thing. Now I can actually take this thing to the moon here and, and grow it. Or, you know, in all of this can be, um, orchestrated in your relationships as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cool thing is, man, in the day seven is obviously the, the Sabbath. Okay. There's such okay. an important component of rest mm-hmm. in this, but here's the cool thing about this in this template. If you're already operating right now, you're in your marriage and you're even just like, man, things just aren't going well. Right. Like, let, like, let's just pick a day of any of these days. And we could say, you know what, there's just not, we're not, I don't have, I don't have a good sex life. How about that? So I'm going to consider that like day six, maybe day five, right? There's not momentum. Things aren't taking place here in the, in our relationship. Let's just go back to day four in, in order. Like, do we actually have order in our relationship? Meaning we're operating out of a playbook that's going to allow us, right? If, if, if we don't have order, we got to go back then into structure. Like, have we, do we have weekly conversations of like, Hey, this is when we have date night. This is when you pick up the kids this day. I pick up the kids this day. This is where we're planning our vacation. And this is, dude, this is just stuff that has been revealed to me over the last couple of years and the importance of, of me sitting down with Ashley, my wife on a Sunday to plan out every, every day of the week. So we are intentional in putting that, that in place, right? Yeah. Or let's even say that you, you do have a playbook. Things are going fine there. Um, but then, okay, then let's continue to go back another day to the culture, that atmosphere in your relationship, yeah. right? Like, dude, is, how is it? Are you guys excited to see each other? Are we, yeah. and if we're not, then we have to go all the way back to day one, which is vision. Like, yeah. do you guys have a vision for your life? Are you just going through the motions until the kids turn 18, then you can peace out? I, yeah. And I would say too, just to the relationship analogy, like, I think it, you had all of those steps, all of those days if you're doing them right, create the intimacy that's not just the physical part that actually will lead to the in, the physical part. If we're Absolutely. talking about the sex life part, so, you know, you've got to create that intimacy by doing those other days you're talking about, which is cultivating, right? And nourishing this relationship, nurturing this relationship. So, yeah, I mean, to the I like that it's it's both and it can be, you know, translatable from relationships to to business. I think that's, yeah. that's genius. And I, I'm, I can't wait to, to see that uh, book, but 
Yeah, I guess I didn't. I don't know if I even got the answer, but that that was cool because I wondered. <laughs> I wondered if you just hear a bunch of like excuse making when you go in to try to patch something up from a client, or yeah, or is it just kind of like maybe we have things out of order? Maybe we got day six before we got day one, and maybe exactly. that's where you were going with that. So that's exactly um, right. Perfect, man. I can't wait to see that that document, and and we'll get a reason. We'll we'll have you give us where we can find that. Um, okay, yeah. a couple more for you, man, and I'll let cool. you roll. Um. So the 20 year old version of you, what would you say to that kid now? What would you, what advice would you give that kid back then? Uh, well, you're only like, you're still a kid kind of now. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, that 20 year old, what would you say to him before he kind of embarks on this whole business entrepreneur coaching venture? Yeah. Um, I would say trust the process and, and, and I, I'm, I don't, I'm not regretful of anything. I don't believe in, in regret in any way. I think there's no such thing as even failure. It's simply feedback. Mm. And if anything, I would probably say, and I, I'm a pretty good risk taker, um, but I would continue to say to trust that process, right? The, the fear of the unknown and the fear of failure is such a horrible thing to, to live with. Right. Because, man, the the last thing I want to do is be on my deathbed and, and think of, man, what if, yeah. what if? And it's like so look for the opportunities in the risk, not the risks and the opportunities and take action. Right. Just continually take action, which I believe is what I've, I've done. Um, but not all those actions have been profitable, like from a dollar standpoint, but they've all been fruitful. Right. And the fact that I didn't just quit when I got knocked down, I got just as many, I probably have more what people would consider failures in my life than successes, Mm -hmm. but it's because I went through those that, that afforded me the ability to actually have what people would consider success today. And then ultimately the significance in my life. Yeah. So you're going to tell your, your 20 year old self to just keep taking risks or, and then, and I like how you said earlier, you said that the, the action breeds clarity i think mm-hmm. is what you is that what you said action yeah action brings clarity man but here's the thing too reaction reveals character right so mm-hmm. you can continue to take actions there's plenty of doofuses out there that take action right, right. but you know mike tyson i think said at best like you, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face That's right right but what are you going to do when you get punched in the face that reveals who you actually are that's the character of who you are Everybody can say life's great. This is good. I'm we're crushing it when things are going well. But what are you doing when things are going not for you? When everything's coming against you, who are you? Are you still going to stand firm on on who you are, on whose you are? Are you going to still be able to declare those promises over your life? Because that's a testing phase. That's a growth phase. Because there is no growth in comfort zones in our life, right? Absolutely zero. If you're if you're not being challenged, you are not growing in your life right now. So enjoy that process says, trust that continue to take action. But what's most important, man, is that character development that, that we're developing when that reaction actually takes place. Yeah. Yeah. And in your life, I mean, it sounds like the juice was worth the squeeze whenever you would have some of those setbacks or failures. And then those became build, building blocks that ultimately kind of, like you said, were fruitful enough to lead to these other successes that totally outweighed or overshadowed some of those missteps, I guess. Um, all right, man. Uh, so if there's, if 50 years from now we're, we're, we're pulling up, we're digging up this time capsule and there's a, there's a review written, let's say about the King's council. What do you want them to say, man? What do you want the people that find that 50 years from now to be saying about King's council and the impact it had? Man, I don't want it to be saying anything about me. It's, it's, uh, if anything, it's like, you know, God is faithful. He's sovereign. And, and, that's truly what the King's council is about. I I'm blessed that, that I feel he's given me this mantle to, to carry and run this thing right now, but I, I don't know for how long I don't, I mean, I I'm, I'm just want to be obedient, uh, in, in where I feel he's calling me to and, and what he's asking me to do. And in this time, um, and really, and the only thing I'm running this race of life for is to one day meet my creator face to face. And the only thing that I really desire is for him to look down upon me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so, you know, I hope I'm still alive 50 years from now. Well, there are days actually when I'm like, 
I'm, 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 there are days where I'm like, all right, got it any day now. No, come back. Yeah. <laughs> we can joke about that, but dude, that's, I, I want to just operate in excellence and everything that I, that I do and put my hand to. Right. And, and that's what we're called to. Right. So yeah. just if, if anything, you know, the King's council, I believe will be around for a long time, but at the core of it, it is about Jesus. Like, and it's, if it's, a, if it's a movement that, that is like, man, that was one of the greatest kingdom advancement movements because of who God is. That's what it's about. It ain't even about King's council. It's about Christ being at the center of all of our lives individually and collectively as the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, dude. I, I hope many, many guys would say that. I hope that's what it's all about for, for a lot of the believers that run businesses or, you know, that empower people through coaching or, or mm -hmm. whatever, all of us leaders, because I believe we're all leaders. I hope that's what we're all saying. So yeah. man, success and success and significance, man. It sounds like Riley Meek has done it. Uh, he is continuing to do it. He's putting them both together. Tell us where to find this upcoming book and then tell us where to maybe yeah. reach out to you for some of your resources. Yeah, man. So I talked about the, the seven day blueprint. I put together a cheat sheet on this, um, that it's nice just to even have on your phone. Cause sometimes it's like, okay, what, where am I at right now? Uh, or because to put a bow, even on what you asked, man, it was like, when we come into a business or somebody, it's like, we just want to figure out what day are they at? Did they yeah. rush to momentum? And, but they didn't have structure and order and things in place. That's what this resource is for. So if you uh, just text seven day blueprint, okay, that's what you'll text seven day blueprint to 727-472-3860. Uh, that will come back it is kind of an automated uh, text or be a PDF essentially that you're going to be able to have as an end a resource. And um, if you do that, we'll certainly let you know uh, you'll get a, a first rights kind of copy of this blueprint or this book, excuse me, that that's going to be released here in the next couple months as well. Yeah. And the website again, say, say that for us. Uh, so uh, the website would be uh, kingscouncilcommunity.org. So it is a .org as we are a nonprofit ministry. Um, you were on so all the social medias, yeah. uh, King, King Council podcast. If you're, if you're listening to podcast, uh, we do a lot of uh, kingdom entrepreneurship teachings on there as well. Oh, that's good, man. That's awesome. Well, Hey, I really appreciate it. I've loved kind of hearing your journey and hearing your story and just how excited you sound whenever, you know, you start talking about building people, building businesses, mm -hmm. turning, you know, turning people around and, and getting them pointed maybe in the right direction, spiritually and financially, professionally, relationally. So thank you for everything you do, man. I've, it's an honor to, to connect with you on social media and I'm glad we got to do this. So yeah. I appreciate that very much. Uh, audience, he's been Riley Meek. We've been last in line. Be blessed. Make your escape.